0: Forty-nine of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about vaccine passports. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as Officer Derek Chauvin, the gun show loophole, illegal immigration, the Great Depression, or Antifa comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. BitChute, Think ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast Patronage page. All donations will be used to build awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Let's be honest. Any fair-minded person, someone who has not marinated in the corporate press for the last 14 months, sees vaccine passports for what they are. The modern-day equivalent of police states, show me your papers. C.S. Lewis once said, Quote, Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive it would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies, end quote. At the end of the day, that's what these passports are all about. Let me know if you disagree after listening. As described by Nick Corbishly, writing for NakedCapitalism.com, these so-called passports are, quote, being touted as a way of jump-starting the global economy by providing a means for people to prove their vaccinated status, allowing them to travel, shop, go to the gym, attend sporting and cultural events, and conduct other outdoor activities." End quote. Now, something I find interesting is, as I record this in May of 2021, in the United States, the National Democrats just finished ranting and raving about an election integrity law passed in Georgia. It's the subject of episode 145, if you're interested. But basically, it makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat. Anyways, the Democrats oppose the law. Their reason? Their real reason is because they may never win another national election if they can't commit mass voting, improprieties, irregularities, and illegalities, like they did in 2020. Their expressed opposition is because voter ID laws are racist, See, as they explain it, minorities have a difficult time obtaining IDs. Yet, this vaccine passport is a proposal to use apps on your smartphone to document your vaccination status. Well, shit. If getting a free ID is too difficult, what the hell do they think procuring a $1,000 iPhone is? The National Democrats are literally soulless when it comes to public policy discussions. Corbicely goes on to point out, What's weird is, quote, "a passport implies a document endorsed by a state that establishes citizenship and guarantees diplomatic protection. A traditional passport does not require the bearer to participate in a vaccine program, although immunity certificates have existed for diseases such as yellow fever end quote. Now, since the vaccine passport is going to be in some kind of digital form, the potential scope of its application is also far broader. Than that of a normal passport. That's where the danger lies. We're going to talk about this much more. Now, other countries besides the United States are already rallying behind the vaccine passport idea. For some odd reason, our overlords in the U.S. feel that implementing these by government fiat, like they did shutting down the economy and forced mask wearing despite any solid scientific evidence, they seem to think it would be a bridge too far constitutionally. But don't worry, that won't deter them. They have a plan we will discuss further. Countries like Israel, Saudi Arabia, and Singapore have already introduced vaccine passports in the last couple of months. In countries that already have an established national health service, such as the UK and Israel, the vaccine passports have been mandated. Remember, they have socialized medicine. And when the government pays for your health care, you have no privacy rights. They own you. The UK is very committed to this idea. They're investing tons of money, even in facial recognition software, for stores and pubs so the businesses won't be burdened with monitoring their patrons. In Britain, the plan is to be tested twice a week, logging your test results in your vaccine passport app. There is no travel outside Britain without being cleared via your app. The country is a literal prison. Show me your papers. England is seeking reciprocity agreements with other European nations for summer travel season. Speaking of other countries, what about New York? Well, New York State has rolled out its Excelsior Pass, It's a system that would require people to show that they have been vaccinated when trying to enter certain events and locations. Strangely enough, the much-aligned World Health Organization has said it does not support requiring vaccination passports for travel because of uncertainty over whether inoculation prevents transmission and over discrimination concerns. So what's the constitutional argument against passports here in the United States? Well, the short answer is such restrictions on people's movements is not an enumerated power delegated to the federal government in the United States Constitution which is probably why the Biden administration says they don't want to mandate it. Generally speaking, Americans tend to value freedom and liberty and tend to get a little cranky and non-compliant when they are infringed upon. And given what the government put us through in 2020 with lockdowns and restrictions, the American people are in no mood for more limitations on their liberties. The very idea of these passports is anathema to our democratic principles and rights that are enshrined in the Constitution. Ryan McMakin, writing for Mises Institute, says, quote, There is nothing natural or inescapable about lockdowns. They are an invention of the state. They are so unnatural, in fact, that they require the use of the state's police powers to enforce them. They require policemen, handcuffs, courts, prisons, and fines to ensure they are followed. And anyone who doesn't follow them must be punished, end quote. Our government overlords can claim that they want us to be free, but there's always the but. They say, we want you to be free, but it's just that there's nothing they can do until we embrace the vaccine passport idea. This discussion seems to come down to one thing, natural trust or distrust in government. Literally, what we are talking about is the government creates a problem, then the government offers a solution to their problem. The COVID pandemic era we face today is a product of the government and the bureaucrats that run it, who invoke safety and security of the public in a sly and unobtrusive manner to promote their agenda of surveillance and control. Much of it, as Paul Alexander writing for the American Institute for Economic Research puts it, is, quote, unsound unscientific, illogical, irrational, with specious societal lockdowns, shelter-in-place edicts, masking and mask mandates, and school closures. Businesses have been shuttered for good, homes lost, and many children and adults have engaged in heavy drug use to cope, self-harm, and even committed suicide. Deaths of despair are on the rise, while economic and related health injuries, the crushing costs of the lockdowns, have been extensive And some argue that the impacts will not be felt for years or months, but for the rest of the 21st century. Even at this point, where the lockdown stopped instantaneously, we have locked in decades of suffering. McMakin makes this interesting point. He says this whole thing reminds him of an abusive husband. He says, quote, just as an abuser tells his wife, see what you made me do? After he punches her in the face for burning the toast, we see a similar attitude with the vaccine passport crap. You see what you're making me do? I want to let you out of your house, but you refuse to submit to our oh-so-libertarian passport system, end quote. As epidemiologist Martin Kulldorff and as Stanford physician Jay Bachura pointed out recently in a Wall Street Journal article, there is nothing in the passport scheme that is geared towards lessening regime control of our daily lives. On the contrary, it is all about extending and increasing regime power. They wrote, The idea is simple. Once you've received your shot, you get a document or phone app which you flash to gain entry to previous lockdown venues like restaurants, theaters, sports arenas, offices, and schools. It sounds like a way of easing coercive lockdown restrictions, but it's the opposite. To see why, consider dining. Restaurants in most parts of the United States are already reopened at limited capacity in some places. A vaccine passport would prohibit entry by potential customers who haven't received their shots. Planes and trains, which have continued to operate throughout the pandemic, would suddenly be off limits to the unvaccinated. The vaccine passport should therefore be understood not as an easing of restrictions, but as a coercive scheme to encourage vaccination. Naturally, the regime claims this is all required by science, but as the two continued, the idea that everybody needs to be vaccinated is as scientifically baseless As the idea that nobody does. Covid vaccines are essential for older high-risk people and their caretakers and advisable for many others, but those who've been infected are already immune. The young are at low risk and children for whom no vaccine has been approved anyway are at far less risk of death than from the flu. If authorities mandate vaccination of those who don't need it, the public will start questioning vaccines in general. They continue talking about how science doesn't mandate public policy. It's the policymakers, backed by the violent power of the state, who impose mandates. They note, these aren't even prudent policy choices and are based on questionable conclusions wrought from scientific data. And here's the final quote from them. Most of those endorsing the idea belong to the laptop class, privileged professionals who work safely and comfortably at home during the epidemic. Millions of Americans did essential jobs at their usual workplaces and became immune the hard way. Now they would be forced to risk adverse reactions from the vaccine they don't need, end quote. But we all know how the government will react should some people be injured by adverse reactions to this new, untested vaccine. They'll throw up their hands and say, we had no choice. They will insist, the situation, it forced our hand. We had to get the vaccine out quickly. This is a convenient way for politicians to weasel out of responsibility for forcing much of the population, much of it at low risk, into submitting to certain state-mandated medical procedures. As I mentioned earlier, the Biden administration has said that it would not develop a federal vaccine passport system, but that it would come up with some guidelines around their use and leave development to the private sector and local authorities. In other words, They will just get the private industries to do their dirty work for them. After all, it's easier to threaten a handful of CEOs than to bully 330 million people. They already have the private sector doing their dirty work on surveilling extremists, i.e. Bank of America, after the January 6th trespassing at the Capitol. They force the banks to keep tabs on their customers and report so-called suspicious activities to the government. They pressure big tech to censor their political foes. Well, then you factor in all the institutions already controlled largely by the left, like the media that parrots their propaganda, their viewpoints, and talking points. They have the education system dumbing down our children, and when they do teach them stuff, it's the 1619 Project, Howard Zinn, and Critical Race Theory. They have the court system that permits mass surveillance of the American people via the Patriot Act, NSA, spying. It's incestuous. It's evil. It's sinister. The federal government knows it does not have the manpower to enforce a passport mandate. To enforce federal law, they rely on local and state law enforcement to make their arrests. This is why we are seeing a massive movement in state nullification efforts all over the United States and state legislatures. Several governors, including Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, both Republicans, have issued executive orders barring the use of vaccine passports. So the question is, can private companies require a passport? Of course. It's their business. If they only want to serve vaccinated people or black people or former soccer players or they only want Italians and they want to discriminate against everyone else, go for it. If a business does something we don't like, we are free to patronize other competitors. If Delta Airlines requires a vaccine, maybe American Airlines won't. If Lowe's does, maybe Home Depot or Ace Hardware won't. But if government does something we don't like, There's a horrible choice of obey or go to jail, or go get a fake passport on the black market and risk becoming a criminal for forgery. Given all that, maybe some of you still are not convinced. You may be saying to yourself, I still don't see what the big deal is. Well, I'm going to spend the rest of the episode trying to persuade you. Here are five reasons why I believe vaccine passports should worry you. Number one, advocates make no solid arguments. Totalitarian mental midgets like Joe Scarborough, who advocate for this shit, almost always resort to name calling, never putting forth a real argument. So I'll do them a favor, and I'll give them an argument that seems legit. By not getting the vaccine, you are endangering others. Well, they certainly can't make that argument because they would be squashed like a bug since millions of people have already been vaccinated. The death rate from COVID is only slightly higher than the flu, and a little thing called herd immunity. No wonder they resort to name-calling. Number two, you are an unwilling participant in a drug trial. Do you know how normal pharmaceutical trials are run? Typically, African and Indian governments allow the drug manufacturers to run trials on their people. You know, work out the kinks before coming to the US for the FDA trials that you are most familiar with. That did not happen with the COVID vaccines. The ostensible goal behind the vaccine passport is to provide proof that a person has taken an officially approved vaccine and therefore poses less of a contagion risk. Yet we still don't know just how effective or safe each vaccine is because we don't have the trial results. We also have no idea how long the immunity provided by each vaccine lasts and some of the vaccines appear not to work against some variant strains. There are also big safety concerns. Numerous adverse reactions have been reported around the world. As of this recording, there have been almost 50,000 recorded in the United States. Blood clotting is one side effect. It seems to hit women disproportionately, or I'm I'm reading that up to 77% of the cases affect women. Many are experiencing abnormal menstruations, raising fears that the vaccine could even affect fertility. Oh, and guess what? All the drug companies have been granted immunity from liability for problems with the vaccine. What will we see 5, 10, 20 years from now that is attributed to these vaccines? Number three, it will create a two-tiered society. We will essentially have a caste system of the haves have vaccine passports and the have-nots don't have the vaccine passport with the potential erosion of civil liberties on the have-nots just imagine what the left will do with this. If someone can be accused of being an extremist for going to a protest, they sure as hell can be labeled a dissident or an insurrectionist if they refuse to get the vaccine. The left's class warfare will now also include those vaccinated versus those unvaccinated. Just add it to the repertoire of rich versus poor, white versus black, privilege versus non-privilege, and other divisive nonsense employed to destroy society and pit brother against brother, friend against friend, neighbor against neighbor. It's insidious. And number four, as Nick Corbishly, who I quoted earlier, explains, forcing an experimental vaccine upon someone who doesn't want it clearly contravenes their right to bodily autonomy and integrity. If bodily autonomy and integrity are indeed fundamental human rights, then the issuance of COVID vaccine passports should hinge on informed consent of the individual and not mandatory adoption or coercion. And yes, denying people access to basic services is a form of coercion. End quote. And five, vaccine passports raise what I consider obvious privacy concerns. As we will explore next, data-hungry companies like Microsoft will be given new opportunities to track our daily movements and activities and share that data with third parties. There's also major concerns about data security. If recent history has taught us anything, it's that no data, no matter how private or precious, is completely secure. Yet they want to introduce yet another centralized database to store even more of our personal data and create even more opportunities for hackers and cyber criminal organizations to plunder our data. See, the dirty little secret is these passports won't just contain your proof of vaccination. Oh no 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 no. It's bigger than that. It will include our most precious data, our biometric data. So what's really going on here? Despite what the lying politicians are saying, these passports will be permanent. Need proof? Can you name a single federal government agency or program that has ever been dismantled or abolished? Vaccine passports have been criticized by civil liberties groups who say they would potentially violate Americans' privacy rights while denying key services to people who are not vaccinated. That's called discrimination. The ACLU has weighed in, sounding warnings that there are many harms that can arise with the introduction of vaccine passports, particularly the digitalization of relevant information associated with the granting of these passports, They stated that, quote, given the enormous difficulty of creating digital passport system and the compromises and failures that are likely to happen along the way, we are wary about the side effects and long-term consequences it could have, end quote. On top of that, Representative Andy Biggs, a Republican from Arizona, makes a very cogent point when he says, quote, vaccine passports will not help our nation recover from COVID-19. Instead, they will simply impose more big brother surveillance on our society. So let's unpack his claim. There is a broad coalition of health and technology industry leaders working together already to accelerate the digital access to the COVID vaccine record. Companies like Microsoft, Salesforce, Oracle, IBM have partnered with the Mayo Clinic. It's called the Vaccination Credential Initiative, VCI. They claim they are working to enable individuals vaccinated for COVID-19 to have digital access to their vaccine records in what they describe as a secure, verifiable, privacy-preserving way. More than likely, it's going to be some type of QR code on your phone. You would swipe your code when you enter the grocery store, restaurant, a concert, whatever. But then what? That's the question. Where does that information go? What about all the people that you are with? All of that information will be fed to a central database. Hell, given the fact that the NSA got caught years ago and a court declared their actions of collecting supposed metadata on all Americans, not just on potential terrorists, that they claimed, given that a court found that illegal and unconstitutional and no one did a damn thing about it, given that fact, who the hell do you think all this information will be fed to? So what else can be sucked up from those supercomputers and processed by artificial intelligence? Why not your credit history or your medical records? Oh. Oh, you think those are private? Yeah, right. Why not throw your transaction history? Anything you purchase with a credit or debit card, personal payment processors, Apple Pay, all that, just throw it all in there. So they're gonna know where you've been, who you've been with, what you bought. Let's take it a step further. You have to look to the future. What, what are the consequences of something like this? You gotta ask, what comes next? Let's say you are opposed to the government and you're with some friends and your social media posts or your search engine questions at the time you are with your friends was, I say, anti-government. Bam. Just like the Chinese social credit score system, you're tagged and so are your friends. I mean, as of this recording, the establishment in D.C. is still calling the people who trespassed on Capitol Hill on January 6th extremists and domestic terrorists. By so doing, the powers that be claim that these folks are worthy of surveillance. Ding, ding, ding. So the Feds are simply using this as an opportunity to mimic what the Chinese have already done in their country with their social credit system. It's used to keep the masses in line and compliant with the wishes of government. Check out episode 61, The Truth About the Chinese Social Credit System, if you're interested in that. So we have Microsoft and Salesforce working with payment systems like PayPal, Google Wallet, Apple Pay. And with the move to a digital currency, where do you see this going? If you're tagged, well guess what will happen to you? You won't be able to buy or sell shit. You're toast. Layer in the fact that the central banks around the world are busily laying the foundation for like a central bank digital currency to replace physical coins and notes. And you can easily see how the passport becomes your digital wallet. How do you opt out and opting in leaves you subject to unprecedented levels of surveillance and control that were previously unthinkable. The big picture presents a very scary scenario, don't you think? So we're talking about the end of privacy for sure. These digital passports, linked to one's entire life experience with geolocation data, and one's personal information represents the latest intrusion and attack on our freedoms that have been put before an easily distracted populace. I've said it for years, apathy and affluence will ultimately spell the end of the American experiment. These passports are unjustifiable on any grounds. Think about it. If hundreds of millions of people have already received the vaccine, Why all the angst about proving that you've been vaccinated? What about herd immunity? Who is at risk of being harmed? The non-vaccinated person or the vaccinated person? Who are these passports protecting? What science are they following? If the vaccine is available to anyone who wants it, that should be the end of the story. Those who choose not to get it know the risk. They are not going to harm anybody else who has not knowingly taken the risk of being infected. That's what freedom and liberty are all about. Totalitarians never let a crisis go to waste. Power grabs are often very opportunistic. The vaccine passport is a power grab, pure and simple. Remember, it's not about the vaccine. It's not about the virus. It's about your data. It's all about power and control. This is just another crisis that they are not going to allow to be wasted. And that's the truth about vaccine passports. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.